You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are live on Twitter. If you are not with us, why not? Come hang out. We're going we're gonna to have a blast talking about the Packers and the Texans in this exhibition season opener. Bob McGinn told me it's not the preseason. These are fake These are fake games, so we can't call it the preseason. It's not the preseason. These are exhibitions. You're paying, if you're, if you're paying your hard-earned American dollars to go to these games, first of all, like, Cool, I guess. I think it's silly that they're charging people like full boat to go to these games. I mean, people are paying hundreds of dollars to go see backups play. I, that's that that seems like crappy to me that that teams are doing this. But look, we got to pay the salaries somehow, I suppose. I, I've never liked it. They do it in the NBA, too. It's annoying. I wish they would give people a bigger break on some of this stuff. The secondary market doesn't explode in the same way. But there are still people paying an arm and a leg to go to these preseason games. I want to talk about a lot of the players that you're excited to see on Saturday night. And always we start with the rookies, right? You always want to see the rookies. And, you know, I don't want to just be the wet blanket. So I'm not going to be the guy that's like, don't get excited. That's never been me. I mean, I've been on this podcast saying, hey, guess what? Get excited. Get excited. Find a guy that you are just so pumped to see and get excited to go watch him play. That is the fun. TJ Slayton is a name that has come up in the comments now a couple different times. People are really excited to see the big man in the middle get some run. Does the size and the strength hold up? Yes. Yes. You want to see that. Absolutely yes. There is a difference, I think, between wanting to see the guys because you just want to see them and wanting to see the guys because you know they have to contribute right away. So Amari Rodgers is a great example of this, right? Amari Rodgers is not going to make or break the Packers offensive season. They don't need him to go be awesome, to take some sort of leap and be a playoff team, to go be a Super Bowl team. They don't need Amari Rodgers for that. They have Randall Cobb. And they have a diverse offense with a group of skilled players who can do everything Matt LaFleur wants them to do. And if Amari Rodgers is not ready to play, and by the way, I think he's going to be ready to play and I think he's going to have a real role in this offense. Don't be surprised if there are plenty of weeks where Amari Rodgers has more targets and more touches than Randall Cobb. That's just, I mean, the way that that Matt LaFleur talks about Amari Rodgers, it's like, okay, this is my son. And then what he talks about Randall Cobb is like, okay, this is my stepson. And I love them both, but you know, it's one of those kinds of things. It's not a, it's not, there's not a negative connotation in any way, but it's just, it's different. Matt LaFleur really wanted Amari Rodgers. Um, Maybe not so much with Randall Cobb and we don't know. I mean, we don't know behind the scenes what the situation was there and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, right? But Amari Rodgers, if he goes off in preseason, it's cool. It's great. 
it's exciting and, and you're going to be excited about it, but they don't he doesn't need to do that. And so on the flip side of that, if he's not as good, if he's not making impact plays, if he's dropping passes or not running routes effectively, it's not that big a deal. I mean, the, the pressure on him is so much less than on some of these other guys, precisely because the Packers don't need him to be awesome this year to make any sort of incremental improvement. Now, having him, of course, is better than not having him, right? I mean, we, that that goes without saying. But they don't need him to be really good to make a market improvement in this offense. I don't know if that's the case for someone like Josh Myers. Josh Myers is going to be the starting center on this football team. And so you can't you can't see Josh Myers get worked by a group of defensive linemen in Houston who just like can't play. Like they don't have a good defensive front, especially along the interior. And so if Josh Myers is getting pushed around, you're going, maybe all that preseason hype is just sort of for naught. And that would, of course, be a bummer because they're relying on Josh Myers. They're going to need him to play. Now, the, all the early reports out of camp is not only does he know where everything needs to be, he can make the protections calls, he's massive, he understands the run fits, he understands the blocking schemes and can be an important part of what this offensive line does, especially as they figure out what this is all going to look like while David Bakhtiari gets back to 100% health. But you need Josh Myers. You need him to at least be solid. You don't need to be you know, Corey Lindsley, all pro, but you need him to be sort of early career Corey Lindsley, rookie Corey Lindsley, where, you know, you, that team won a lot of games. That team made a deep playoff run with rookie Corey Lindsley. Josh Myers is the same kind of player and they used a much higher draft pick. They have much higher expectations for Josh Myers than they had for Corey Lindsley. Although Lindsley walked into that starting center job, the same kind of way. Eric Stokes, this is one where I think it gets complicated because with Eric Stokes, he's a rookie corner. And anyone who has been listening to this show for more than four and a half minutes, well, we've been doing like six and a half here so far, but who's been listening to this show for more than a month or two knows that I think rookies are mostly bad. Most rookies are bad. And so we should need to set our expectations accordingly. Do not expect rookies to come in and play well. And if they do, understand. That's awesome. Even if they play just like solid B minus football, that is good for a rookie. That is good for a rookie. That is A plus rookie stuff. B minus overall NFL player is A plus rookie stuff. So Eric Stokes, especially at corner, especially at corner, that is a position where there, even if you become a good player, even if you become a good cornerback, most rookies are bad. And, and almost all rookie cornerbacks are bad. And, and as is pointed out in the comments, Ryan Leaf outplayed Peyton Manning in a preseason game. And everyone was like, whoa, whoa. I mean, remember, remember the Brett Hundley preseason game? Remember that? He threw like three touchdowns and looked great. And everyone's like, Brett Hundley. Guess who was like that? Me. I was like, oh, here comes Brett Huntley. He looks awesome. And it turns out it doesn't really matter. Remember the Eagles and Sam Bradford Eagles team? The one that that put the bang thing on the Packers that same, that same preseason? Uh, 
they were like unstoppable and until they weren't. So the preseason always, we need to temper our expectations a little bit. Now on the flip side of that, Eric Stokes goes out there and looks really good. I think that that is heartening. We also have to remember the preseason star of the 2018 draft class was Josh Jackson. And he was, everyone was going, this guy's better than Jair Alexander. The first, they got the pick with the first pick. I, I had Josh Jackson ahead of Jair in my pre-draft ranking. So I'm going, they got like two of the five best corners in the draft in the top 50 picks. That turned out to not quite be the case, although Josh Jackson played much better as a rookie than he has subsequently played, and, and I have no real explanation for why that is. I, I still don't think we have a good explanation for why that is. What you want to see is that the athleticism translates. Good, bad, that stuff is, is I don't think, worth parsing. Does that athleticism translate? Do those traits translate because remember Ahmad Carroll he was four too fast and guys beat him deep all the damn time all the time because he had bad technique and he was really bad at the line of scrimmage and he didn't trust that speed and so he grabbed and he got out of position and off balance and all of a sudden guys are just running by him that's a problem if Eric Stokes looks fast and, and processes relatively quickly, because that's going to be the biggest translation for, for rookie corners, is trying to process information. It's like quarterback. The speed difference trying to process, okay, what is this route combination coming? You're not scouting the opposing offenses, so you don't know what they like to run on third and medium or third and long like you would in a normal week. And you can go, okay, by alignment, I think this is X, Y, Z. Now, you're still, you still have your postmarks. You still understand, okay, um, in, in these situations, generally teams with these splits like to run in-breaking routes. Or I think by his alignment, I think he's going to run an outbreaker or whatever it is. Or I think it's going to be a deep concept based on the alignment. Those those kinds of things, some of it is just football translatable. You, you know based on just how the game is played, some of this stuff. You don't need to have the specific scouting in it. What you want from Eric Stokes is for him to look like uh, the NFL athlete that we know he is. Someone who that 4-2 speed shows up on tape. That 40 plus inch vertical, that explosiveness shows up on tape. If he's playing slow, if he's playing like he looks like, you know, he's stuck in the mud a little bit, then you're going, number one, he's thinking way too much. And number two, wh what is not working here? And what needs to be improved? And that's going to be the coach's main responsibility to say, okay, this didn't go the way we thought it would. And so why not? And, and what needs to be improved upon as we move forward here to, to make sure, because he was still, you know, you go back to practice earlier in the week, Kevin King came back to practice and Eric Stokes was still running with that number one defense ahead of Josh Jackson uh, on the outside and ahead of Kevin King. They're going to give Eric Stokes every opportunity to go win that job. And that starts with him playing on Saturday night. And, and showing something. And so from that standpoint, from the standpoint of you want this guy to contribute right now, the same with Josh Myers, you want him to have that athleticism hold up because the rest of the stuff is gonna, is gonna come from scouting. It's gonna come from game plan. There are a lot of things, especially at that position, where you need that information to play your best. 
if you look like an NFL caliber athlete and that upper tier, I mean, that's part of the huge appeal with Eric Stokes is that elite level athleticism. If that's the stuff that shows up, then you're in good shape. And and I, I tweeted out this stat uh, today from Football Outsiders. The Packers were 25th in pass rush pressure, their pressure percentage, but they were second, second when they got pressure in DVOA. That was the biggest uh, and, and the gap between when they got pressure and didn't by DVOA was the biggest in the league. It, I mean, enormous. The difference is huge. They're a below average defense when they don't get pressure. And they're one of the best two or three defenses in the league when they do. So part of that, too, is you want to see Rashawn Gary go out and make plays. Now, he's dealing with the groin issue. Uh, Matt LaFleur said none of those injuries you know, the Aaron Jones, Rashawn Gary, these new injuries are considered to be long term. They're they're being careful and they're getting some rest. And those are those are, you know, things that you do in August that you might not do in September, October, November. You want to see that pass rush. Give them a little bit of help. Go win some one on one matchups. Now, Zadarius Smith's not going to play. Preston Smith, he might not play. Now, he might have to just because you need to get someone out there. Randy Ramsey's not there, so now you're. it's Jonathan Garvin, it's Tipa Galea. You, now you're really pushing down that depth chart, but that's a battle for that outside linebacker four spot. So those are all things that um, you, you those guys need the reps because those guys are probably going to have to play at some point. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting of protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is Truly, truly delicious. And they give you so many choices. Coconut, cherry barcia, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They're all delicious and yet high in protein, high in fiber, low net carb, and low in sugar. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. The Olympics, big deal, won a lot of golds. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. I want to talk about some some other young players that we're going to see who aren't rookies and what they need to show. And obviously, we have to start with Jordan Love. And that's going to be the big talking point going in. And there was a lot of discussion on Packers Twitter today about, oh, remember, it's preseason, good, bad. Let's not take too much away from it. And all of that is absolutely true. Um all, all of the caveats that I added for, for guys like Eric Stokes and Josh Myers, all those, the rookie caveats. Jordan Love's a rookie, basically. I mean, he's essentially a rookie. This is going to be his first preseason game, his first live game action as an NFL player against another team. That's rookie stuff. So, you know, Matt LaFleur said, we're going to try and get him some easy stuff and, you know, we're going to try and make him comfortable, but he, but... And some people freaked out about that a little bit. Um, and the reality is he didn't mean we need to make it easy for Jordan Love. There's a big difference between that and what he said. He basically said there's enough of this stuff in the offense that makes the quarterback's job easier. And we should always be trying to make the quarterback's job easier. That we can just call the offense, basically, was what he was saying. But the question was phrased in such a way, um, and I thought it was a good question, by the way. Um, do you have to, because there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on him and you want him to be successful and you don't want him to face that added pressure, basically, um, that's the implication of the question anyway. Uh, you know, do you need to do anything different? And Matt, Matt was like, I don't need to do anything different. It's all in the offense. 
But we do want to give him some confidence. We want him to, to run the offense and feel good doing it. That, that I think is important. And this is a great question here from Andrew in the chat. What does a good night for love look like? A, a good night looks like a guy who is not afraid to rip it. Like You don't want to see a lot of hesitation, a lot of holding the ball. And if he's going to hold the ball, roll out and make a play. But you want him to see back foot balls out on time and to the right player. Whether that player makes the right play, you know, we, we have to we have to very much be process over outcome oriented in these situations. He's going to be playing, you know, probably well into the third quarter with guys like DeAndre Tompkins and, and guys who are just probably not going to make this roster. So we have to remember that. But he's probably going to open with Alan Lazard. You know, we'll see we'll see about someone like Marquez Valdez Scaling. We'll see about Devin Funches. That's a big one. A veteran, but not someone who's guaranteed to make this team. So he probably has to be out there. Equinemius St. Brown, who Jordan Love um, has been working with in the offseason. Is there a little bit of added chemistry there? Could he help EQ sneak his way onto this team? Amari Rogers. There's a great way to make it easy for Jordan Love is you scheme up some fun stuff for Amari Rodgers. Now, can you do that without giving away some of the interesting things you're ultimately going to do with him during the regular season? That's that's a good question, although they did it on family night where they ran that little um, split zone play on the boot. And rather than dumping to a tight end, they dumped to Amari Rodgers. Love that. Love that. That's something Sean McVay does where he has the receiver coming across the formation, not the tight end, and then you dump it to the receiver rather than dumping it to the tight end. That stuff is great. That stuff for Jordan Love, you know, you don't care so much about stuffing the stat sheet necessarily, but you want to give him some confidence so that when he does need to go five-step drop, straight, under center, drop, or when he does need to go play action, take a deep shot, that he has the confidence that he needs to make those plays down the field. That's what you need to see from Jordan Love. He's gonna. He's probably gonna make some throws that are not on target. That's just the reality of where he is in his progress right now. You don't want to see bad decisions. You want to see him with you know understanding of where the ball needs to go. He makes some bad throws. You make some bad throws. That's just gonna happen. But it's is he making good decisions? Is he getting one to two to three when he needs to? Is he understanding pre-snap where where everyone needs to be? And that was something Matt Lafleur mentioned at Family Night that he got a wrong formation you know, at least once on a play and he didn't reset it, didn't identify it. And so he's still, he's still mastering the offense. He's still trying to understand all of those nuances, but you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Matt LaFleur did that on purpose. This is a, that is a thing coaches do. They'll give you the wrong formation and hope it's basically a test. We hope you fix it. We hope you change it. And you understand, wait, is that the right is that the right formation for that call? Do we need to flip the tight end or how is that? So, I mean, that's that's something that, that we're not gonna be privy to, but we might hear from Matt LaFleur after the game about, and that's something that is very much part of his development. I mean, I, I, I think, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up in the comments. I think Jordan Love is the most anticipated player people wanna see. I think he's the guy people are tuning in to see on Saturday night. If you're a Packers fan, you know, TJ Slayton, Eric Stokes, I mean, other other guys. Um, But Jordan Love is the guy. Uh, Jamie in the stream asks, um, hard choices to make the final 53. Who do you keep an extra receiver or a tight end? Who do I keep might not be who the Packers keep. 
is is the reality of that. I think they're going to want to keep the the tight ends, but it's going to be tough. I mean, I think they 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 view the receiver position as um, an extension of the run game to a point, to a point. Like Alan Lazard can block like a tight end, and they use him accordingly. And they're going to use him on the big personnel. When they go out in 12, he's going to be the second receiver so that they can block. And then you can go play action and and do all of the fun things that, that you want to do there like they did against the Rams in the playoff game. What I think um, special teams is going to certainly play a role, but it's going to be about the best 53. And... You know, I think they're going to keep six receivers. I think they basically have to keep six receivers. Randall Cobb's injury history, um, Devontae Adams' injury history, unfortunately, is, is a real thing. The last two years he's missed, um, you know, a couple weeks. And, you know, beyond that, Alan Lazard last year missed time. He's never been a, someone who started 16 games. So you probably have to keep six. Then what do you do at tight end? You have to think Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, and, and uh, Big Bob Tunyon are locks. After that, what is? Jace Sternberger? I mean, I think Jace makes the team. Um, it's, you know, he's he's two years into his NFL career. And you don't give up on draft picks necessarily. I, I think I think uh, one of the commenters has it right. It's between an athletic X-type receiver like Funchess or an athletic wildcard type receiver who plays special teams, a.k.a. Juwan Winfrey. Um, or or Equinemius St. Brown, but Winfrey has universally been the better player in camp this year. Now, does the experience that Equinemius St. Brown brings, he's a draft pick. How much does that play into it? Um, we'll see. Brian Gutekinds, um, you know, comes from that Ted Thompson tree where you're going to give your draft picks as many opportunities as possible to, to go out and, and make those plays and, and make your team. But at the same time, you have to be honest with uh, who the best guys are. I mean, the, the locker room knows. The locker room knows the truth. And Matt LaFleur was not on the staff uh, when they drafted EQ. That was a Mike McCarthy uh, draft. Now, that was Brian Gutekinds, but it wasn't Matt LaFleur. Here we go. How much Kylan Hill do you think we'll see in the preseason? Uh, okay, let me let me answer the question that that we got uh, on the, the Funches thing. I think I think they take the special teams player unless Funches is just awesome. And he was really good on family night. Um, if he continues to have a really good camp and by all accounts, he's having a really good camp and, and he makes some plays in the preseason. That's why I think he has to play. That's why I think he has to play in the preseason because you want to see him out there. I mean, he just hasn't played football in, in really two seasons. And maybe you can say, okay, keep an extra corner, keep an extra safety and only have, you know, keep six receivers and maybe only Amari Rogers play special teams. I don't I don't think that's out of the question. Alan Lazard already played some special teams. So I I, I don't think that's crazy to, to see. Juwan Renfrey needs to show it in preseason. It's a big preseason for him. If he goes out and makes some plays, then he's he's proven not just special teams value, but also that if he needs to play some offensive ability as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. The NFL, of course, now underway in the preseason. NBA Summer League. There's still golf and UFC. Plenty to put your money on, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for that playoff run. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
So the question about Kylan Hill, uh, a player I'm really excited to see. Um, he is versatile. He's shown the passing game versatility that you really wanted to see coming out. He, he played a more limited role than, than some running backs in college. Not as, not as big a part of that passing game. A.J. Dillon the same way. And the Packers looked at both of them and said, we don't care. We think they can do it. We think they can be a part of our passing game in a, in a real way, in an important way. And, and that allowed them to say, okay, I think this is, this is worth giving these guys a shot. Kylan Hill is your odds on favor to be running back three on this team. And, and that hurts me uh, as someone who is a very big Dexter Williams fan, but he just hasn't shown enough. And already you're seeing Kylan Hill as a seventh round rookie go out there and get reps with the ones when Aaron Jones is hurt. And Patrick Taylor has has shown some nice things. The coaches really like what he brings to the table. So I think that's um, that's someone that I'm definitely have have my eye on. I didn't mention him among the rookies. We're not going to see a lot of AJ Dillon. We're just not. And and the Packers coaches telegraphed this. And Dillon is not happy about it. He wants to play. He wants to be out there. He missed a, a month of his rookie season with COVID. Going, guys, I want to be out there. Well, your role is secure, my guy. Just like get a couple hits. Uh, stay healthy, and and the team needs him. That's why he's not going to play a ton. The team needs him. That's the reality. So Kylan Hill is going to play a bunch. Patrick Taylor is going to play a bunch. Dexter Williams is going to play a bunch. I think Kylan Hill is something close to a lock to make this team. The question is, after that, can Dexter Williams outplay Patrick Taylor well enough to get that fourth running back spot? Do they keep four? They did last year, kind of. Um, and then what do you do at tight end, too? Because I think that's going to play a role. Dominique Daphne, H-back. Can Jay Sternberger play the H? We already know Josiah DeGuaro is going to play that H. So every year we keep at least one UDFA on the 53. Do you have any guesses on who it's going to be this year? I do. I think it's going to be a safety. And there are there are two um, potential candidates this year, um, Innis Gaines and Christian Uphoff. And both of them are um, athletic guys, who have made some plays in camp. I think both have picks, if my memory serves, in camp. And, and that would be where you would say, okay, keep six receivers who only like one and a half can play special teams. Well, okay, you keep an extra safety. You know, Henry Black is has got a good chance to make this team. I, I think Will Redmond, frankly, could be a surprise cut because he's been hurt. And as a as a defensive player, he just wasn't good enough last year. And has and and going back to 2019, same deal. So that I mean that's a that's a pretty big question that faces this team. Sir Funktastic in the comments. Do you think Rashawn Gary has Pro Bowl caliber season this year? That's tough. Um, he he can. Let me say that he can. Um, I, I you know he has to be healthy, but if he gets an opportunity. I love the talent. I love the work ethic. The coaches love him. You know, he he was he was their best pass rusher down the stretch last year. And if he can carry that momentum over, yeah, absolutely. He can be a 10-sack guy. In a 17-game season especially, absolutely he can be a 10-sack guy. Uh, another question, um, the Devondre Campbell camp. Uh, what do I think of that so far? So Campbell is one of those guys. A lot like Christian Kirksey in that. That was not a splashy signing. That did not make the ticker on ESPN. We did not do a whole episode on what does Devondre Campbell bring to this team, but all he's done his whole career is start at linebacker. And it looks like he basically walked in doing that. 
he walked in and and from pretty much day one, I mean, probably day two or day three in literal terms, was the starting inside linebacker on a team where Ty Summers started last year. Kamel Martin had to play real inside linebacker reps last year. Like, it's not like they didn't have other guys that they that they knew better. But he was out there playing and and getting the, those starting reps. And I, I think that's something that you, we, we can't just hand wave. When you're in a position to give your young guys reps, a lot of coaches are going to do that because they know that the veterans are going to be fine. They know that, you know, you, you don't have to give the vets as many reps in those scenarios. That's not what the Packers did. They said, Devondre Campbell, you are our dude next to Chris Barnes, who looks lighter, looks leaner. Um, you know, he's not mentioned in that Preston Smith um, conversation on, oh, he's lost some weight or Kenny Clark, but apparently he has lost some weight down about 10. Um, I would, would like to be same, Chris. So let me know how you did that big guy. That'd be great. And um, he's, I think they're going to be better at linebacker this year than they were last year. Um, Jamie asked, do you see us signing any more free agents to make a splash? I don't think we need to. I don't, but I, but I don't think they're necessarily done for sure. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a trade at the trade deadline. Should they need one? I mean, there's always guys available. What I do think could happen is there are gonna, there's going to be a cut that happens that we didn't really see coming. There's going to be someone available that we didn't think was going to be available, much like Snacks Harrison. Weren't sure if someone like that was going to be available and they ended up being available. And I think Green Bay is going to be as attractive as as almost any team. Um, you know, Tampa Bay obviously is going to be another one of those Kansas City. So if you're if you're a player who wants to chase a ring, you're probably going to those are going to be your, your your top options. It's Buffalo, it's Kansas City, it's Tampa Bay and it's Green Bay. Um, and, and Richard Sherman is is a name that 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 could be out there. If the Packers suffer an injury, I, don't be surprised. Now, obviously, he's going through something pretty serious right now. Um, and, and you know, I wish him the best with with trying to take care of his mental health. Um, the, the amount of pressure uh, that, that these guys are under is remarkable. And so um, I just I hope that he's uh, in a good place as we move forward here. Um, last one. How much of an improvement do you think the defense will have under Joe Barry? I think it's going to be real. Um, and not because I think Joe Barry is some wizard, but just because I think um, uh, the the talent is going to improve in a lot of ways. I think you're going to see Darnell Savage take that sort of Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber leap this year. Um, Rashawn Gary takes that that leap. Kingsley Kiki gets more opportunities. I really like the the Devondre Campbell signing in terms of shoring up that linebacker spot. They're going to play more more nickel, less dime, more nickel. They're going to live in nickel. They could be 75% nickel and much less dime. It's going to help their run defense. And and uh, I think they have the horses now uh, to be a good pass defense in nickel. I think Shannon Sullivan is better this year, closer to what he was in 2019. And that gives them an opportunity to be better. I think Kenny Clark is going to have a bounce back season. Um, you know, we had his trainer, Eddie McGilver, on the show talking about what they've been working on and, and just the, the focus and the effort he's put in to, to remake his body this year. I think that is going to pay dividends. And I think this Green Bay defense is going to be top half of the league. I mean, I, I think they're going to be better. Are they going to be an elite defense? No, but do they have top 10, top 12 defensive talent? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And if all you do is just say, okay, let's get the baseline B level from this talent, the B level from this talent defense is a top 10 defense. I mean, that's what it is. And so if they can get that, they can win a lot of games. 
and they can win a Super Bowl. All right, we're going to be back next week recapping everything that happens with Packers, Texans. And then there's another game to talk about. Uh, at least eventually. So we're going to have more interviews. It's not going to be a normal week. We won't do Expert Tuesday. Um, we will still have um, some interviews. Lily Zhao will not be around next week. She is on vacation. Um, so, you know, hopefully she enjoys that vacation. Awesome for her. I hope you get a chance to take a vacation before football season starts because once the season starts, we are going hard. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.